A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Get Lit Podcast. I am your host, Becky Rabin, and this is your high vibe, no bullshit, fortnightly dose of inspiration, motivation, and empowerment to help you shush your inner critic, break through your limiting beliefs, build up your self-worth, get out of your own way, and fearlessly step into your power, giving you the success and confidence to live your most lit up life. Through this podcast, we hope to give you actionable tools to take away and show you success stories that show you the way. This is for the dreamer, the believer, the go-getter, and the inspired. Time to get lit. Welcome back to the Get Lit with Becky Rabin podcast, the place to be to build a life that you love, a business that you are proud of, and a mindset that will take you places. Today on this week's episode, I am really excited to be speaking to the incredible Lucy Spicer, an accredited psychological life coach who previously worked in the NHS in specialist psychology services. Lucy works with clients to help them become masters of their minds by heightening their self-awareness and challenging their self-limiting beliefs which stand in the way of their success and living their fullest lives. In this episode, I get speaking to Lucy on the power of our mind, the thoughts and the limiting beliefs. And Lucy shares her strategies and tools to implement to break free from our limiting thoughts and unhelpful thinking patterns, how to overcome problems, reframe stories and labels, and learn to manage our minds. I cannot wait to bring you this episode. I learned so much from Lucy and this episode is a jam packed with tools and strategies for you to really truly implement into your everyday lives to help you manage your mindset, your thoughts and your psychological well-being. Hi Lucy. Hi Becky. Hi, welcome to the Get Lit podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us today. Um, I am incredibly excited today to have Lucy on this podcast because uh, for those of you that don't know, Lucy is actually someone who has been part of our Get Lit community. I actually met Lucy like six or seven years ago. I think when I first started personal training and PT her um, and to kind of watch her journey into going from a private psychologist, no, a public psychologist in the NHS privately helping support people it's kind of a bit of a proud moment for me but also this is something we want to do with the get lit community um and for any of you guys who are listening like we want to help bring you guys through and like to watch someone who's 
kind of gone through this journey and been part of our community along the way to now doing what they're doing and making their dream a reality is just kind of incredible. So I'm very, very excited to have you here today. Um, and I know kind of the knowledge that you have and the expertise and the skills you have in the area that you work in and mental health and is just exactly what our audience needs. So firstly, I'm going to ask you, um, before we go any further, like I'm asking everyone, what for you does it mean to be lit? What does being like the most lit up version of yourself mean? Um, and what's your understanding as of it as a kind of psychological life coach? Yeah, so I think being lit for me, and I think it took me a long time to sort of find my light. It wasn't a quick transition. I was probably playing on the idea for going self-employed for about 18 months and I think I felt the most lit and I remember actually texting you after your last (laughs) event (laughs) if you haven't been to Becky's events you need to go to them oh my god the energy after them is amazing Um, but I think being lit for me is feeling super confident in what I'm doing feeling empowered feeling like I am confident with the knowledge that I have and I'm ready to share it with the world, to not play small, to be seen, to be able to celebrate my achievements and my success and to push myself constantly out of my comfort zone and to not play safe. Mm. And I think finally I'm in that space and I'd love to say that I never have those little niggling self-limiting beliefs or that inner critic showing up. Of course I do. I'm in a space now where I'm much more able to sort of drown out those voices yeah. um, and the payoff's been incredible I have not looked back since I left the NHS last year you really have fully like lit up and it's so <laughs> it's I love asking people that question because I don't think to be lit is one defined answer and I'm getting asked it more and more as the brand grows you know what is it to be lit Becky what does being lit up mean mm. and I'm like well this is the this is the beauty of it is there's no one final destination answer and everyone has their own version but it's all of those things that you said like stepping out of your comfort zone being unafraid to be seen knowing that you're worth so much more knowing how to handle those limiting beliefs when they come up Mm -hmm. I don't think it's about avoiding them and I think what you've just said there we're going to touch on definitely throughout this podcast that it's so important to kind of know that those wobbles you know I've had a huge wobble this week huge huge but I couldn't believe how quickly I came back to love I couldn't believe how quickly I came back to handling those thoughts and we're going to talk a lot about that today um but I think before we go into that I think it's really important for you to maybe share a little bit I'd love to know and I'm sure the audience would love to know a little bit of how you've overcome that time of being unlit what did that unlit time look like for you and how have you and like you know people want this quick fix and you know Sadly, I don't want to sit here and tell people that, you know what, one simple word and you're going to feel better. But one simple word can sometimes be the most powerful thing. So yeah, for you, how have you overcome that time of being lit? And like, what does it look like for you being unlit? Yeah. Oh, that's really, I mean, we could probably end up talking about this for an hour and I don't want to bore you with my journey. Um, But I suppose from when I decided that I wanted to go into psychology, I think I was so lucky to find uh, my passion for psychology in A-levels and we can talk, you know, um, if the questions arise, I can sort of talk about the sort of labels and narratives that I built for myself during school. I went to a very academic school, um, which did limit me in terms of what I thought I was capable of or able of uh, achieving. But what I found from psychology is that I loved, I've always loved working with people. That was my thing. And a teacher said that to me and I might not be the Oxbridge type, but what you got, Lucy, that other people don't have is your ability to connect with others. So I ran with that. 
And I ran with that and I did my degree and I did my master's. And the more I studied, the more competitive I realized the field was. And even those sorts of stories and you being told that, I was then sort of taking that on, you know, will I find my place? Will, will I be able to pursue this? Mm. And I was very fortunate in how I got into the NHS. I worked for free um, in hospitals for a year. And I then found myself stuck in a medical hierarchy, which again was limiting, right? Because you are sat in like a junior role with consultants above you. You're told what you can say, what you can't say, what you're allowed to talk about, what you're not allowed to talk about, what patients you're allowed to be seen. I don't call my patients, my client patients, by the way. That was just what we called them in the hospital. (laughs) Um, So I found myself stuck in this rigid system, sort of trying to follow the trajectory to becoming a clinical psychologist and I felt small I felt really small in that field I felt small even being with the NHS and that as an institution is you know you're cutting resources you're cutting money all the time so it's quite a toxic environment to be in and I was so fixated on completing my training and being a fully qualified clinical psychologist which should have been another three years of a doctorate and I then started to think a bit more flexibly I was like what how can I, why, if I'm so good at what I'm doing, why do I just have to do it in this way? Why do I have to do more study, stick in this system, work for people, which didn't really work out for me. I much prefer working for myself. It's a definite little rebel in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able, I got to a space, I remember being in Mykonos on a retreat and looking out into the mountains and I was like, you, you can live a different life. Yeah. I was surrounded by people who wanted support I was surrounded by the idea that people would pay for support and when you're delivering a service for free I mean that is just like like completely a completely different concept that I'd actually charge for my service and I was like people yeah. do this Lucy you have the knowledge you can do this I'm probably going sorry I'm probably really rambling here um but it was from that point and I think we'll touch on this and the key with our beliefs and our beliefs can be embedded from childhood from so long ago is to invite that flexibility of thought and think how how else can I do this it doesn't have to be this way and I think it was from then and I started to then you make little steps right because the idea then to suddenly launch myself as a private life coach I wasn't even sure that's what I wanted to do is terrifying and so out of reach so I did little steps I started following the right people I started looking at mantras and if you don't follow me already (laughs) every Monday I do my Monday mantras because they were so significant for me and reading them on my commute and starting to invite sort of personal growth in yeah and the idea that I could be seen I could do this on my own I had the skills I had the knowledge I didn't need to sit in this rigid system and cut yeah a very long story short I took on a I took on a business coach which was really helpful for accountability especially if nothing else because we can be so good at talking ourselves out of doing things when we're stepping out of our comfort zone yeah. And I built up in confidence. I saw the vision. I saw the vision. I stuck to it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, and I saw the vision. I stuck with it. And I pursued yeah. it. And I've become more and more lit. Which, guys, if you're listening to this and you have a dream inside of you and a hustle inside of you, and a, like that is, you know, that is the full on like explanation description of someone who's gone from being, and we're going to talk about how that's simple. I think it is really important that you had that that one thought that was like, hang on a minute, life can be different, changed. It was a one thought. It was a one thought. Yeah. And we're going to go into that, but I feel like I want to ask the question before we go any further, how much of that transition from, um, you know, working for someone to working for yourself paralleled with 
you working on yourself as a human being unlit to going to lit. Because the Lucy I met seven years ago as a person on how you believed about yourself, on the things that you were doing to yourself, on the things that you were struggling with at that time, how much of that paralleled with the way that you then transitioned out? As in what I'm trying to say here is like, did you find yourself that you'd worked on your own personal development yeah. on a personal level paralleled with the transition that you were able to make in your career? Yeah. 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 I, I actually, it came at a really um, interesting time for me in my life. And actually I do wonder now and um, as much as I'm evidence-based and very spiritual and mm. I mean, yeah, I'm so aligned with you in this way, Becky and sort of the universe and trust, right. Mm. Which was, amazing podcast that you did recently mm. um and I was in a space when I had that thought and I was in Mykonos where I had hit complete and utter rock bottom yeah when I was um unlit I was sort of I you know I was carrying out I think I was routine based I was in my old relationship um I wasn't really inviting change. I was in quite a privileged position um, with my ex-boyfriend and it actually took to hitting rock, real rock bottom. The relationship ended, my world collapsed. I was at my absolute worst. I was struggling actually to get through each day. I didn't know how I was actually going to make through each day. And I think, and we've spoken about this before, it's unbelievable the transformation that can come from hitting rock bottom. And I share this with my clients and there is such power in it. And from hitting that rock bottom to be able to then build yourself up in a completely different way. And that was my invitation to do so. Everything was stripped back. I moved back to my parents, my job, I was in commuting to London. I was absolutely exhausted and burnt out and I knew I mean the universe was screaming to me something needs to shift and something needs to change and I think from taking me out of my comfort zone out of my routine out from my sort of privileged life I was then able to see things in a different yeah. way yeah and I think that that for me is like this is why when people are like oh you know is get lit business coaching or is it mindset coaching and I'm like that's mm. Both, because you can't create your reality of a life as a, an entrepreneur unless you do that work internally Absolutely. to light yourself up. Um, and I think they both come hand in hand, which is why you know we have offerings for people where it is business coaching related and offerings where it's not. Because I personally think like you are the absolute, you are the absolute description of like the you know everything that people are able to do if they work on themselves. So kind of talking a little bit more, I guess, then about like, you know, as you, you're, you're a psychological life coach, you're, you're a qualified psychologist, your thing is the mind. You get off on helping people master their mindset, overcome anxiety, stress, fear, negative yeah. beliefs. What's the most common thing that you see in your coaching? What is like, is there a common theme of what people are struggling with or battling with? Or is it really varied? I have probably the most diverse caseload really? <laughs> without showing any details of my clients. Ever. And I, and it's so, I always wanted to start broad. I was like, start broad. And I wonder if it will then niche out. And I'm so lucky. I work with teenagers, which I love doing. I then have my international businessmen. I have um, women working on different things. I think the thing that, I think the thing that underpins all of it, or yeah. all of their work is um, sort of a lack of, a lack of insight into how to navigate the mind okay 
interesting. I think that would underpin what it all. You, I, what do you mean by that? Yeah. What do I mean by that? I think what I mean by that, and um, you know, it's my tagline that our only limit is our mind, is that our mind is so full of, mm-hmm. I think it's noise. It's yeah. noise. It's clutter. It's full of embedded labels about ourselves and beliefs and our inner critic and old patterns of thought and old patterns of behavior. And I think the key is and the beauty of coaching, the beauty of therapy is to work with someone to shed light on that, to identify the patterns of thought, for people to become masters of their mind, to have the tools of self-awareness, to understand how their mind works and Mm -hmm. to to sort of silence the noise. I hope that's sort of making making yeah. sense for you. No, I think it's, it's not, it's like we have to reprogram our thought process, right? So you touched on this a little bit earlier and I know we have with some of our episodes, but let's go really back to basics here with like CBT thoughts kind of thing. So you're talking about how powerful the thoughts are, right? Where, where do we form, you know, these people that you're working with who allow their thoughts or their, 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 their narratives to like limit them, where has that all stemmed from? Where's it all come from? I think we create, we have stories about ourselves, right? All of us have a narrative and a story about ourselves. And I think we sort of collate evidence for these stories and these narratives throughout our lives. And they can come from, you know, as young as childhood, the influence of our parenting, the influence of our peers, the influence of our schooling, all these sort of things. And we then create such strong labels and narratives and so by the time so I've used to work a lot with children but now when I'm working with adults I see how embedded (laughs) these narratives and these stories are like I am not a I'm not a confident person or um sort of as in the business world you know I'm able I'm unable to um, congratulate people or praise success you know that's not my style I'm more of a disciplinarian you know and we take on such strong narratives and labels for ourselves and that can sort of fuel into our behaviors and our thoughts and sort of that more cbt model and how how irrational like how can these kind of irrational thoughts and narratives rule your life because i'll never forget when someone i think i did a a masterclass once on like um how powerful your story is because Mm. i actually see that the light is always in our story i think it's the secret like people are only where they are when when they've really got clear about their story and they've detached from Mm. narratives Mm. you know i'd said something and she kind of said to me like you know what actually gosh like for the last four years i've been the ill girl and i've just allowed myself to form my identity as someone who's sick and so i make excuses for my relationships because I'm sick I make excuses for my friendships because I'm sick and not everything falls down to like that's become that person's identity yeah how can these kind of irrational thoughts if you let them spiral rule your life well I think you've just used like the perfect example (laughs) to illustrate it just like that it can impact on so many on so many levels and without the awareness of how that's doing that that can be so difficult so once you can generate that insight that is like unbelievably powerful right Mm -hmm. because the trouble with these the trouble with these narratives and these stories that we create for ourselves we create sort of a bias in our mind like a negative bias and we don't realize that we're doing this but we're always attracting evidence for that story and sort of filtering out the evidence that would counteract it so for me and going back to my you know back to my school life I remember when I was applying for 
universities and um, a teacher, I was going to open days and a teacher said to me, you know, why are you looking at, why are you looking at red brick universities, Lucy? You know, you're not that type of girl. You're not that type of girl. Wow. And oh my gosh, has that, <laughs> that limited me. It can be, you know, just one simple comment from someone. Mm-hmm. And then that inhibits loads. It inhibited, you know, check, you know, what university I chose to go to. It um, prevents you sort of motivating from want to study. It's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, if I'm not that academic, why am I going to put in the effort? I can't change that. I think there's a yeah. lot of rigidity around stories as well and that we think yeah. that we can't change them. Believe me, you can change this. You yeah. can change your stories. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think it, it can impact all the way through. And actually only now, I'd actually say being lit has been unbelievably powerful in helping me to reframe and change that story about my abilities and my capabilities and I think the best way of doing things like that is as I said you know changing the evidence because I would always be looking for evidence I'd then gather the evidence without knowing you know the the test that didn't go so well or if I I would prevent from talking in class in case I said something foolish and maybe the time I did I really internalized and that prevented me from doing that which was then sort of inhibiting my learning so it, it, it they, they can they can um they can really spiral out of control um especially when they become so embedded and so immersed and you don't have the awareness of them i actually have i've never had anyone phrase it like that um i'm a, I'm, I'm really becoming obsessed with like our thoughts and how they impact our feelings and therefore our behavior mm. and reality because obviously i'm helping people change their realities but i've never really heard that framing of like you then seek evidence to support that identity yes. that you've created so like yeah. you only focus on your focus is on all those things that are like positively showing you or negatively showing you that yeah. you're correct in that story so like you hold Absolutely. on to those negative beliefs that someone said or those things that happened to you that's bad and I have yeah. never really had anyone frame it like that for me um it's really really powerful to to like to understand so is what is that key like how can we reframe that how can someone start who is in those like negative thought patterns whether it's like mm health negative like negative thoughts about their body or what they look like or negative thoughts about how successful they are or worthy they are how Mm. how do you work with your clients to help them truly kind of reprogram that and reframe that yeah so i think that the key is to it's always around sort of control it's control and anxiety as well is that you need to shift the control right you need the story needs to stop ruling you you need to take control of that narrative and that story and it can be a really difficult thing, right? It's so difficult. There's, you know, to build self-awareness and to, to build an understanding of your mind is really hard, hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the way that I always start with clients, it'd be so funny if they're listening to this, <laughs> and they probably think it's so laborious to begin with, is that journaling is great, right? I'm a massive advocate for journaling, but I find quite a lot of resistance coming up when I suggest journaling for some people they can run with it they can roll with it they can write it's fluid amazing other people need a bit more structure with it fine I can provide that but what actually I find really helpful is that I get my clients at the end of the day especially in the start of our journey sort of generate this insight is that I get them to send me a list depending on what we're working on on sort of like evidence for and evidence against and how you do things differently and that can sort of manifest in different ways. So if, if I'm working on anxiety, for example, when was the anxiety around? When was the anxiety around? So to, to list then, when was it not around? Um, and how you do something differently. And that really starts the learning process, right? Because you're then 
All of this work is to raise your awareness. You need to become an observer of what's going on in your mind. And that can be such a helpful tool as at the end of the day, you just write it out, you know, when did this show up or what is my evidence to discount this story? So if you're worried, you know, if your story is that you can't achieve, you don't do good at what, you know, you don't do very well at work, write down your achievements, start collating that. And then I collate them. I see my clients typically every fortnight. I collate it for them. And oh my God, does that look powerful in a document? Oh, really? Does that look powerful in a document? And of course, with the, why the, the way the mind works, they'll read through it and they'll see the negatives and they'll feast out on that. And so automatically, you know, I'm shifting. I'm like, look at that. Look at how you can break away from the story. Yeah. Look at that. And I think that that's what people, you know, I think people are starting to become increasingly aware of like their thoughts and how powerful they are, but they don't know how to actually physically like do the work, use the tools and make it a, you know, they'll go, oh, okay, well, yeah, I had that negative thought. Okay, well now what? And like, they don't know what the next steps are to kind of reprogramming it, reframing it, or even bringing that awareness in. Like even, you know, the, the, the recent thing that I went through, it was like a full on self-sabotage moment where I just went back to something that I knew wasn't going to serve me. And I was down for like ages, like was down for like a good like day about it. And then I was even more down at myself because I'm a coach. Right. And I had to, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that inner critic. God, oh, the judgment. Oh, oh yeah. Like, you <laughs> every day and you tell women to know their self-worth and, yes. you, tell yeah. this, and you tell people that they're better than this, better than that. And you've just walked right into something that went, hey, honey, if you come here right now, you're going to get hurt. I yeah, yeah. and then I was like kicking myself a little bit and then I just you know what I had amazing people around me and I just on one morning woke up and I was like no 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 this isn't you like this isn't you this is the inner child in you that is always never going to go away she's never going to go away she's never going to stop criticizing she's never going to ever stop wanting to keep you safe but it was so amazing for me to see within 24 hours 48 hours probably how much I'd come back to my positive thinking yeah. and that was all down yeah. to self-awareness and so yes is what what other things can people do to kind of really shift the negative thought and catch themselves and then rephrase it okay so as you said the in the inner child right yeah. so that you've even and it can be you know you know inner child work as a field in its own and it can be that or it can just be a label so what i love to do and again my clients think i am the crazy psychologist is that i love to create characters <laughs> characters in the work that I do right it's on the again we're trying to shift the control we're trying to give give you the control of what's going on in your mind if you create a character for what it is what the problem is Mm -hmm. you've automatically got more control over it it's called externalization in psychology you're taking something out of the head so I used to do this out of your mind I used to do this a lot with the children that I worked with and we'd create like a worry monster okay and it can be and it's similar in the adult field so I have perfectionist Penelope (laughs) yeah yeah she's a bitch (laughs) perfectionist Penelope is a bitch it's a bitch. She's a yeah. bitch. She was a nightmare. She's a nightmare with my work. She used to be a nightmare in the NHS. But as soon as you label or externalize the character, or the fact that we've laughed at her there, that is so powerful that I'm actually able to laugh at her. It's now something that's not innate, okay, that you have control over. You make a character. And then again, that, sh- that, that fuels sort of your awareness because you can start to think. You ask questions like, okay, when's Penelope around? Mm-hmm. So I can like 
preempt when Penelope is going to be around or with anxiety, when's the worry monster going to be around? Is they're not going to take you by surprise. You know what's likely to trigger it. And then we start to ask questions, you know, how can we weaken the worry monster? How can we weaken perfectionist Penelope? Or how can we weaken, you know, a sad character if you're working with low mood? You know, what does things that bring you joy? That's another powerful tool as well as create, create stories create stories for the feeling um or the person side you know the inner critic she's my inner schoolgirl bitch she's a bitch my god was she showing up this morning before yeah. the podcast as i knew she would yeah. as i knew she would, especially if we go right back down to sort of my self-limiting beliefs around my capabilities and from school and so she was really showing up you know you're gonna say something foolish you don't know what you're talking about do you deserve to be on this platform like are people going to want to listen? Oh my God, showing up so much. But I knew she was going to be there, right? So I was like, oh, hi, hi, nice to see you. Thanks for coming around. And so that gives, again, shifts, you, shifts the control, gives you more control. I think another thing as well, which is so powerful, and I love mindfulness. I did a mindfulness course, and I think it's an incredibly helpful tool, is that you don't have to entertain these thoughts. Yeah. We're called negative automatic thoughts, okay? We are mind is constantly generating negative automatic thoughts. We're not going to be able to stop that. But what we can do is that we don't have to latch on to every thought that we have. Okay. You can give yourself permission to be like, Oh, Hey, that's a shit. Can I swear? Yeah. Go for it. That's a a shit. I should be able to articulate myself better. Oh, hello. Judgment. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's a, that's a shitty, that's a shitty thought, but I can let it go. I don't need to latch onto that because what we do is we love to latch onto a negative thought. We spiral, we catastrophize, and then we can get ourselves in a much more like sort of sticky situation for entertaining that thought. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And that is amazing because I get I bet there's so many women listening to this who have like maybe like um, 
I don't know, left the job or broken up with a boy, okay, broken up with a guy, I'm very good at these kind of examples, the guys, um, <laughs> and created a goddamn story in their head that he was like seeing some girl, they know the name of the oh, girl, and they've created this entire, like I've done it so many times before, they create like a book about what's going on between those oh, two. Oh, I hear you. Yeah. Like they don't even bloody know each other. Like, yeah. and that is where the spiraling thoughts come out of people. What is it in us that makes us want to latch onto those thoughts and let it spiral out of control? I just think it's the way, I think it's, it's a really good question. Um, I think it's the way that the, that the mind works. I think we're so much better at entertaining the negative rather than seeing the good. And I think that's just how it's sort of, you know, with our sort of Western society, our capitalist society, that's kind of how it is, right? That we, that we're more likely to keep our achievements and our, successes and our positivity yeah. hidden because it's actually easier to be negative right if we look at the news we're not opening the daily mail we're not reading the guardian and it being positive headlines there's something innate in us that's sort of drawn to negativity i think it's in some ways an easier an easier space to be yeah. to be able to sort of talk about other people in a negative way and criticize people rather than being able to sort of light people up and empower people and give compliments yeah. Well, it seems so far away, doesn't it? It seems so far away from where you are. And I have to say, I love, I love your personalities and you're like perfectionist Penelope or whatever her name was. <laughs> I think it gives some psychological background to people because obviously I'm quite a spiritual person. Um, mm. And, you know, we talk about the ego and like a lot of our events, mm. we talk about the ego is not your truest voice and name the ego. And this is where Susan came from because my name, my ego <laughs> is Susan. And, you know, we will say like, it's not her, but I think that this gives it some like actual context and like, you know, no, actually this is like a psychological it's thing. It's a tool, externalization. I'm all, do all the psycho babble, honestly. And now my boyfriend is like so equipped in it. Yeah. Like, please. <laughs> so I guess there then when you're saying about like how we're innate and drawn to such negativity and that we let it spiral out of control and we latch onto those thoughts, how important does gratitude practice kind of come there at that point then and start seeing the good in things? Is that a tool that you use with your clients or? Mm. Yeah, it is. I, I find, um, I think with gratitude, you have to, I think it works. I guess it's the same with any strategies, right? I have, a, there's many strategies that I have under my belt. I'm um, able to sort of tailorize it to know what works with what client, all my clients are so different. So I've always been like that with the, with in therapy and now in coaching. So some things work for some people, some things work for other people. And I think gratitude um, is a great tool, but I think it requires sort of quite a, a level of depth to it. I think people can fall into a trap of just saying the same things that they're grateful for every day, right? I'm grateful for um, my family's health. I'm grateful for my job, you know, the standard. So that's what I tend to get from my clients is that they find it quite difficult. And I think with gratitude, you have to go deeper with it you know what does that really mean what does it really mean to be grateful for example to say for your job and I express this all the time now I'm self-employed like yeah. really what does that mean I find gratitude a really powerful tool it means that um I'm I have complete agency I'm my own boss I have fluidity I can just sort of do whatever I want with my business which is such a beautiful tool it means I can be at home it means that I can see more of my family and my family that I'm well it means my boyfriend's a comedian so he gigs all over the country it means I can travel with him so you have to take it a lot deeper so I think that's a really 
helpful tool and just to try and see to try and see the good yeah. it's to try and it's called sort of cognitive reframing and how you can how you can shift your perspective on things so to shift your mindset to when bad things are happening to you and what you tend to find in life is that if one thing bad one bad things happens to you like multiple bad things yeah. happen to you at once and then you can feel really <laughs> stuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly you feel really stuck and you sort of tend to attract more of that into your into yeah. your life and it's difficult to then shift the perspective and I think a really powerful tool a really powerful tool is just to be able to tell yourself you know what am I learning from this yeah what am I learning you know what's beyond what's beyond this problem and to invite again like I said before the key in this is the key in psychology to be honest is flexibility of thought yeah is to be able to see things in a different way. And that can be a really hard thing to practice. And actually a really good starting point is to say, you know, if my, if my best friend or a loved one was in this situation, what advice would I give to them? Yeah. Because it will be so different oh, <laughs> to what you say <laughs> to yeah. yourself. Because it's difficult to be compassionate to ourselves. That's a really, you know, that's another whole podcast in itself. But that is such a difficult tool mm. to be able to be kind to yourself because we're just not really taught that. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, it's mind blowing. All of these, like, there, there are so. It's an and it's an amazing time for you to kind of like showcase all these strategies and these tools. And it is mind blowing how how powerful the mind is. And how how much for someone like maybe let's let's put this into context for someone who maybe deals with anxiety. Um, mm. How can they reframe their problems that are spurring anxiety on from them? Yeah. Um, I know you yeah. talk a lot about finding a safe space in your mind. What does that kind oh, of yeah. look like? Yeah, I love that tool. I do really love that tool. Um, so anxiety, anxiety is such a tricky one. And when I work with clients with um, anxiety, sort of my, my history and where I worked was sort of in specialist hospitals and a lot of that was around health anxiety. And the real bugger with anxiety is that it creates such a strong physiological yeah. response mm -hmm. in your body, which is so confirming then of your thoughts, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you are feeling all the feelings of anxiety, you have an anxious thought, and then that almost serves as evidence that I'm in, oh, I'm, yeah, so, yeah. So, right, right, I'm in danger. And yeah. actually, if we strip this, if we strip this right back, and <laughs> if you were one of my patients and what, the children that I worked with, I used to do it in a really fun way talking about cavemen, but it's true. So, our, so our anxiety sort of stems right back from when we were cavemen, right? Yeah. Anxiety, and this is like, groundbreaking you for a lot of my clients it's not there to harm us anxiety is not there to harm us it's actually us being programmed badly <laughs> to think that it is a threat to us yeah. what anxiety is there to do is is it generates adrenaline and it gives you this sort of fight or flight response which is what we needed back when we were cavemen right to be to hunt for our food we had to go out we had to put ourselves in a threatening situation we've had the adrenaline soaring through our body to help prepare us for that so this is what happens to us now except we frame it in a different way in our mind that it's something that it's harmful to us and therefore it feels really scary. It feels terrifying. I'm, you know, I've had panic attacks. I'm sure people that are listening have had panic attacks. It's a really scary place to be. Yeah. So, so the first, the first sort of thing to be able to teach yourself is that my, my anxiety or my feelings of anxiety is not there to harm me. It's not there yeah. to do danger. Yeah. Yeah. That's always the best way to start. The second way to start and what, um, 
I would say initially to anyone who said to me, I'm an anxious person, well, we're going to destroy that label, yeah. right? We're going to get rid of that because that's not going to freaking serve you, is it? Worry or anxiety, we all feel it. I've met people that said that they haven't felt it. I would challenge that. We all feel it. It's an emotion. It's part of all of our emotions. It's part of happiness, part of sadness, part of anger. It's there. We're never going to get rid of the worry. It's what we just can do with the worry and how we can sort of reinterpret those feelings of anxiety and those feelings of panic. So to take away the anxious person, we all feel anxiety. We just all we feel it on different levels and it will impact on our life differently. Yeah. And it's the tools then and the strategies to be able to manage with that. And as you said, with the safe space, that's a really helpful tool. It sort of comes through mindfulness. It's um, a visualization strategy. So if you're like a visual learner, it's a really powerful tool and it can be used wherever you are and that's what I like about strategies it's what I like about breathing like breathing is so helpful because you can just do it wherever you are yeah and so the the idea of the safe space is that you create a space in your mind that you can visit when you're feeling worried when you're feeling overwhelmed when you're feeling stressed it's probably a really good thing to be able to do in the office when things feel too all too much people are not going to know what you're doing when you sort of you don't have to shut your eyes but if you close your eyes and you imagine a space in your mind that you can go and visit. So that might be, and I, you know, I've got a whole exercise <laughs> we'd spend half an hour doing to get you there, but you just sort of conjure up an image that feels really peaceful to you. It could have been somewhere that you've been before or it's made up. It might be a beautiful beach and to really get yourself into that space and to notice your surroundings what you can see what you can hear what you can smell what you can touch you know how does it feel being there i can see you look like you're really relaxed there, kind of. i am i'm like i'm there i'm, I'm there, so there. right there <laughs> but it's a really helpful tool and it's a really really helpful tool to ground yourself and with anxiety we tend to always be projecting into the future so thinking of what's going to happen in the future we're catastrophizing it's really difficult and it's so difficult now more than ever to sort of be present yeah and to ground ourselves yeah. when things feel overwhelming and that's yeah one of the tools up my belt is a safe so space how, good, how 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 powerful is visualization in general for people wanting to like impact like overcome negative thoughts and really like break through those limiting beliefs and the, the limit of your mind do you use that a lot yeah i do use it a lot i use it a lot with my clients and I use it a lot for myself. I think visualizations, I think metaphors are incredibly helpful tools and I think they're tools that can really stick with people. Um, I mean, it's basically what the whole, you know, with mindfulness and with certain apps, it's kind of what it's based on is these metaphors and these analogies and I love them and I, I tend to, throw out a few different options to my clients or get them to generate ideas to, um, for them to use them. But things like when you're lying in bed and when you, your mind is racing, yeah, our mind loves to go into overdrive. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to go to bed and sleep or wake up at three o'clock in the morning as mine loves to do and go through my to-do list or yeah. think of something that happened like a couple of years ago and like something that was cringe then, like ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but another sort of visualization or like helpful thing to do there is to 
to again become an observer of your thoughts and that's the key you know with these anxious thoughts and these negative thoughts is to be able to let them is to let them pass you can do things like imagining your blowing them like they're clouds and you're blowing them up and away or have one of my clients who shoots them it works for him so he shoots them in his mind that's great himself a way to shoot them does he like visualize himself stepping or does he just literally see the word and shoot it see the words and i think see the words and shoot it is how i tend to invite it yeah or another one i've used on my instagram a lot but i love it is when you're you imagine the thoughts are like you're sitting at the side of a road and the thoughts are um, the cars going past and you just have to let them go past you just watch them go past they're always going to be entering your mind and you let them go past so all those sort of visualization strategies or you know trying when you're going trying to become lit and you know imagining i did one recently which was great youtube's also another really good source of this um if you just type in guided visualizations was imagining sort of the my anxious thoughts at the time it was like an anchor and I was so I remember it so well it's just how my mind works as well and it's an, I was I was on the beach and I was um chained up to this anchor and it was my anxious thoughts at the time and sort of what were preoccupying my mind mm-hmm. and the visualization sort of walks you through sort of losing this anchor mm-hmm. and walking away from it and you're walking away then along the beach and you know you go real into <laughs> to depth and detail about what the beach looks like and how that feels and that for me isn't so powerful right because then I'll go about my everyday I'd love to say that strategies work in the moment but you have to practice this over and over and over again and I can be like no that was my anchor I've left I've left my anchor I can detach myself from this I can and that's a really key word I can detach myself away from the thoughts pardon it's like you have to go into meditative state to be able to visualize right absolutely yeah Wow. And what other, are there any other tools that you, I don't want you to give away all your tool books because <laughs> there's got to be some that are kept secret for you, but is there any other tools that you think that are so powerful for when someone is allowing a negative thought or an anxious thought or uh, latching onto a story to reframe them, to let go of them, to remove them? Is there anything else that you would say like for you is just like, I mean, you've covered quite a few. Um, yeah. Pretty bloody good ones, but is there anything that you think that... <laughs> gonna exhaust my list i'm like what do i have left in the dregs yeah <laughs> you know if they are just walking and they're on the go and they're in a moment where there's a problem they're in a moment where maybe they get a text from someone which makes them feel like they're not worthy enough and they're just about to catch themselves into an like unspiraling thought process is there anything they can do in that moment to just detach from it or is it is it really much more than that like going deeper into longer kind of work um i, I mean obviously the, the deeper kind of work helps prepare you much better for situations like that but again like we said it's that awareness right so you feel so you're getting that i got this happened to me last night i got yeah i got a text i didn't like or if you're on the go and you you read a text and you it's the beauty is catching yourself right catching yourself in the moment yeah and having the awareness and so i'm sure the read the read that test and then some text and some sort of physiological response came from that either like heart racing sweaty hands you know all of them (laughs) it's a strong feeling in your body and you're like okay this is now making me feel worry and giving yourself permission that actually i'm okay and i'm safe and this is no real threat to me so what what happens is that we suddenly go into threat state and we think that we're in danger we are not in real life danger. It's not like we're being chased by a lion or, you know, we're going out to eat our meat. It's just, again, a malfunction of the body. And I think, yeah, there's another tool there. 
affirmations, like powerful affirmations. Yeah, yeah, that you can say to yourself in the moment. You know, mm. I've, I've, or you know, think such powerful things like, I've done this before, I can do this again. Resilience, yeah. building your resilience. Yeah. I've got through this, I can get through this again. Yeah. I think people think it's so blase, but it bloody works. And, you know, I would. Oh my God. The thing yeah. I went through this past week, I think old Becky would have spiraled into weeks long of like self-sabotage and pain because I enjoyed being the victim. For me, it was, I didn't really have to implement that much. I became aware of what was going on. I chose Mm -hmm. some new words to reframe it with and I let go and I realized that that person who was feeling all of that pain and that hurt and that upset was the old Becky. And actually like, it was so, it was almost like the next day I woke up incredibly grateful. I'm like, I'm so glad that happened because it's just shown me how far I've come. And that's why I think people want those quick fixes and you know, here on the on the podcast we want to offer those like quick tools that you can do but I wouldn't have been able to pull any of those quick tools into place as you had said had I have not have spent years doing this deep deep work to differentiate yeah one thing I want to just talk about before we kind of like close off is you've mentioned quite a bit about how when our thoughts tend to spiral out of control and uh we uh, allow stories a, a lot of that is lack of control and B, a lot of the kind of work to reframe things and move things and break past those those barriers is finding new new areas to control, new spaces to like kind of take the control of where you can. Where does that sit with um, the art of surrendering? Because I am a big believer of like shifting your control into the right places. But then there's a part of me that's like, I also am a little bit very much about surrendering my control and allowing and knowing mm. that I'm not in control. Where does the balance sit there in the mm. work of like, we've got to take control of what's going on because we have, but also for those people who maybe are having those symptoms and those problems because of their need to control, where does their mm. like barrier there? Is that a really complex question? No, it's, I'm like sitting there like 11, 11. Um, 11, 11. <laughs> So we're going to, should we do another word for psychobabble? So that's sort of like the locus, it's called the locus of control. So it's how much we believe that we can control an outcome, right? And with the way that our minds work, we think we have a lot more power over this than we actually do. And I think it's an amazing balance to be able, like you said in that podcast, to be able to surrender and to be able to trust. But my goodness, is that like sort of a difficult place? Yeah. Difficult place to get to. We want to feel control. It helps us feel secure. It helps us deal with uncertainty. Dealing with uncertainty provokes such fear because it's the unknown, right? And this will take us right back to the start. It's why we stay within our comfort zones there predictable they're safe places to be it's why we even have the same lunches like every day from fret it's predictable it feels nice it's sameness so it's a really um it's a difficult balance to get to and especially with things like anxiety or with things like ocd we think that we have a lot more control over outcomes than we actually do and for us we feel that sort of like protective and that helps with our anxiety but actually it can lead to quite a lot of sort of cognitive distortions especially with OCD with thinking that you might you know you touch things a certain time will stop x happening and that from my experience with OCD when I was growing up I had it really significantly is a really really difficult place to be and even now is a really difficult place for me to shift I've worked on it I've worked on my awareness if things start sort of spiraling 
out of control for me or there's something that's making me feel particularly anxious I can sort of go back definitely into those patterns of thought mm -hmm. because it feels like a safer place to be yeah that believes that we can control outcomes and is this why when often things like I know you know I've done this before and I've seen a lot of my clients kind of fall into this pattern it's like when something goes out of their control in their mm. environment or they are faced with a problem where their negative thoughts come in they seek the control from other activities i.e they might start controlling their food or their work right, yeah. or and i don't want to talk too much about like health anxiety i think that's an entire different podcast um <laughs> yeah. but is that why we kind of when things go out of control we seek to other things in our lives to like find mm. that security find that safety find that control Absolutely. It's, our, it's, it's the way that we're dealing with uncertainty. And like I said, sort of the unknown and uncertainty is such a scary yeah. place for us, usually because with the way that the mind works and sort of with our negative bias, we see it in a negative light and it's fear. It's something that we can't control. So like you said, then it's really likely that we're going to be able, well, we're going to want to latch on to control in different ways to sort of counteract that. But the way that I always deal with that with clients and for myself is that we don't have crystal balls. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have crystal balls. Well, we I can't look at I know, I knew that was coming. I, yeah, I, was, <laughs> I, the video. I was like, I literally pulled myself away. Um, um, we can't, unless you believe in that, you know, we can't see into the future. So we're yeah. all in that space together. But yeah. what we can control, again, if we go right back to this, is being in the present, is being in the here and now. You know, what can we do right here, right now, that can make us feel better in the moment? Break it right down. We have to break everything right down. You know, what can you do today? What can you do? Today? If that's too much, what can you do sort of this half day in the next hour? You know, don't focus on tomorrow. Don't focus on week. You know, everything in life is temporary and this is a beauty of life everything is temporary and everything will pass and to sort of give yourself permission that that's the way it is and that's okay just yeah. focus on the here and now i was going to ask you to sign off with what is one thing that you would say to someone but i feel like <laughs> absolutely that is it oh my gosh that is my done it. oh that is my golden nugget everything will pass i love that Honestly. everything is temporary so incredible this this episode has been so powerful i think there's a lot that people could take away and a lot of strategies oh, that they can do for anyone who is looking to get support and help you know and i'm really big on this like i think this is the time more than ever before for people to show up and like go and get the help and go and reframe their mindset what areas do you work with people on like what sort of things do you help people on or if anyone's struggling with a particular thing symptom who can you help basically Yes, as, as I said, I'm super broad at the moment. Um, but I think there's always sort of a, a psychological component to yeah. it. So I I help a lot of people with um, anxiety. I hope I help people with sort of a lack of confidence. I help people that want to increase their performance, whether sort of in a personal way or especially within sort of business um, and the way that the limit their mind might limit them in those situations I help people that are in you know state of comparison and want to become leaders of their lives I help people that want to make super powerful transitions and changes I help people that have come out of relationships and have no hope they feel they have no purpose you know I'm there I'm there to hold that space oh, agony on <laughs> And like I'm there for you. right now, like, honey, we need to meet you. We need to. No, I'm joking. Um, 
Uh, no, you are powerful. You're amazing. It is an absolute honor to have had you on today. Um, for anyone who is struggling with health, anxiety, depression, mental health, relationship, it's just feeling a lack of unlitness, right? A bit of like lost purpose, everything, like just needing to it's do the work. I definitely think that. In this, just how many incredible strategies and tools there are. And almost like for me, I am absolutely, um, absolutely obsessed and uh, so interested in the, the psychology of the mind and how mm. how linked up it is to the spiritual kind of side of things as well. And I've just, yeah, for anyone who is looking to get in contact with Lucy, you can find her at Lucy Spicer underscore on Instagram or lucyspicer.com. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you work with people one-to-one, -one, right? I work, yeah, yeah, I'm sort of branching out, but I work, yes, I work to people one-to-one. Um, -one. I do work with schools now as well, which is really exciting. So I didn't want to lose my experience with sort of teenagers and children. Um, and I've also got some other exciting projects in Ooh, the pipeline. Thank you so much for joining me today. Honestly, it's been, it's been an honor to have you here. It's been like a heartwhelming, heart, I don't know, a little proud moment, but also just, you know, <laughs> You know, this is what this community is all about. Um, and there are so many things that you guys can take away from this um, episode. And I, I'm sure Lucy would welcome any kind of DMs, messages, asking one anymore um, on the strategies that she's given. But um, thank you so much, Lucy. You are. Thank you. Thank How exciting to have been in this space, Becky. And that just shows, right? How lit have we become yeah. from David Lloyd's in Fulham to now being able to yeah. share this space together. A proud moment, I definitely think. And that's why at the beginning for me, I just wanted to really highlight for anyone who is listening to this, like in order to go to those places that you want to go to, in order to make that reality a dream for you, um, you know, we really know that our audience are, you know, the go-getters, the motivated, the inspired. We have lots of coaches following us, mm. our podcast, people who are entrepreneurs, people who aren't, who are just motivated, uh, working in incredible jobs and just know that there's a little bit more to life. I think you are the epitome of, of the showcase of that. And, and as am I, and we've kind of been on this journey together. Um, mm. And I just want people to take away from this that like you had all these tools in your toolbox. You had all this knowledge the whole way. Oh, I wasn't sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. You haven't got more educated or got more experience <laughs> at work. This was all what you were already doing. What's happened is you've lit, lit yourself up and you've been Absolutely able to reality. And that is where, guys, I'm so passionate about helping people see like the worry of most of you is not of like people's um, ability. You, the, you never doubted how, how knowledgeable you were. This isn't about offering people the opportunity on the Get Lit podcast to showcase their new experiences, their new learnings. This is about, no, 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 you guys are all so incredibly talented. You already have all of the knowledge, wisdom, and light inside of you. People just don't believe that they're worthy of shining it. They don't believe, you know, that they're worthy of showcasing it. And I think this is a perfect example for anyone listening. It, it is an absolute honor for me to be able to give girls in this community the space to to share their absolute like, mm. their wisdom their, their experience their education their their beliefs um and their teachings um and yeah if you are listening guys like i mean it's been a transition for you and look at where you are now successful psychological life coach using and implementing such incredible like strategies to help people so um yeah very proud of you and for anyone listening guys like you can totally make your dream a reality. And I really I hope into that. when you hear that voice, when you hear that voice that you can push yourself, that you can see yourself in a different light, that you feel inspired, you feel motivated to do something, tap into it, act then. It was one thought for you that changed everything. So it was. No, on Mykonos. 
<laughs> and next time you catch yourself sitting on that sofa or stuck in an Instagram vortex, spiraling out of control, making up stories, forming identities, labeling things, just know it's your one thought away, right? One thought. What if it could work out? That's what my thought. Work out, exactly. Well, thank you so much, Lucy. Um, all my love, guys. And please do reach out to Lucy and I and let us know if you have any further questions. Thank you so much. You have been listening to the Get Lit with Becky Rabin podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please feel free to head to beckyrabin.com to access my free downloads that come with this podcast. Plus head to either my profile or the Get Lit Inc. profile on Instagram to share your stories, lessons and breakthroughs with me because I want to hear from you. If you're a business owner, expert or entrepreneur, head to getlitinc.co.uk to find out more about how we can help you grow your business. In the meantime, please do rate and review our podcast so that we can bring you more motivational goodness. Thank you so much again for listening. Go get lit, hun. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.